Hi everyone, welcome to the Yam Podcast. My name is Nala Hachmin and today we have a little bonus clip, a little bonus episode for you guys. Um, the guest that we have on for today is one that we've actually previously had on and we had to re-invite him, Farid Bidardel, because when I was posting his previous um, podcast, I went onto his website and I found out that he was actually doing amazing work with the Ukrainian refugees flooding into Germany. And I was like, oh, M to the jizzle. He was doing amazing work with the Syrian refugees. And now it was a year ago that we had recorded that podcast. And um, it's taken a long time for us to like post the podcast. But this latest episode is a more recent recording um, that we decided to have out for you within a couple weeks. Uh just so you can hear it because it's like an update of his previous work but now it's also sharing of like the current situation in Germany and what it's like and how we as the podcast listeners could potentially help and be of assistance so I hope you guys enjoy this podcast with our very own friend dear friend of the yam podcast so this short notice is to let you know that the Yam podcast does have adult language. So if you have any little ones around, please put your headphones on now. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good to see you. Good to see you too, Papa Bear. How are you now? Yeah. <laughs> are you like in the midst of it? I was in the morning, but now I gave him over to Mama. Yeah. Are you guys at your new place? My gosh, I wonder I want like a tour. Yeah, we can give you one there with uh I with a Mac is a bit difficult with a with a phone that we can get show you around. Yeah, let's do that afterwards. Um okay, what I was gonna do. There's something I was gonna do here. I don't think there was anything. All right, shall we just get into it? Sure. You tell me what you want from me and <clears throat> I'm just going to ask questions and you just answer me. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll try my best. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Yam Podcast. My name is Nala Hachmin. Today, we have our very first re-invited guest, Farid B. Dardell. I'm going to tell you how we actually ended up doing this um, interview. It is because, actually, I was posting his previous interview and then I accidentally clicked on his website. It was an accident. It wasn't even intentional. And I clicked on it and it led me to his page, of course. And on the top, I see a banner going that like, are you affected by the Ukrainian war? If so, click here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is doing more amazing things. Like we need to invite him back on and ask him more about what he's doing with the refugees like and actually first of all just even ask like how is it that the ukrainians are in germany because that's not a normal connection that i would make of like the ukrainians being in germany so please um dispel my ignorance for me what's happening there <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh it's nice to be back it's nice to have a chat with you and thank you so much for inviting me and talk about such an interesting and, and and serious topic as well at the same time we um we realized in what, february march when the war started in 
in in the Ukraine when the Russians attacked Ukraine, a lot of Ukraine Ukrainians obviously they they fled. They fled um, into the European Union. They um, traveled to Poland, to Romania, to other neighboring countries, and um, a lot of them um, realized that maybe that's not where they where they can stay, where they can start a new life, and they they uh moved for for uh, further west and they ended up in in germany and we've had um wow. hundreds of thousands of ukrainian um refugees coming mainly women and children that's one of the oh, wow. um um one of the big differences actually if you compare it to um the last big influx of of, of refugees coming in 2015 2016 when many syrians came we had um a lot of um um male, young males uh, coming um mm. uh, because I, I guess also the journey was was quite uh was quite uh, long was quite difficult so many families they sent one of their family members um uh, on the way and then uh, hoped that that person then can get the rest over um mm. and in, in this case in the ukrainian uh, case we realized that a lot of the male had to stay back to fight uh, so they were taking mm. into um uh, into the army and so many of wow. the women and their children um fled over to germany which was yeah, heartbreaking to see um but um yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm actually quite proud to say that we are germans um and that, that us germans actually helped and, and and got up and said okay what can we do again just like 2015 when over a million mm. um uh, refugees came into germany in just just in a year um again germany said we're we're here to help and we're here to take uh, people in and I, and I thought this was great uh we've learned a lot from 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 this last uh, five six years um We've opened up uh, bureaucracy. German bureaucracy is quite difficult, I must say, yeah. <laughs> uh, to yeah, to get through. I mean, this is, all the cliches are true, um, but it's uh, we learned a lot to actually give these people a chance to start working right away. So even though they're not European Union members, um, they have almost kind of the same status. They were allowed to to get a, to get a house straight away, to get to get uh, to get work permits right away, and, mm. and so that's. Quite, it was quite interesting to see, uh, as heartbreaking as it is, of course. Wow. So were these women, they, they came first from a different country. They didn't come straight from Ukraine. It was like... Um, I yeah, most of them they 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 fled to to neighboring countries like Poland or, or Romania and these kind of countries, um, and then from there Germany organized uh, trains and buses to to make sure that they they get to 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 Germany. Yeah. Oh wow! So right now, all the Ukrainian women and children, like the children, can go to school. They're integrated. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. They made sure that right away, um, children can, with a new school year, can 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 go into school. It was interesting. The first few months, and we've seen the same thing in 2015. The first few months, um, a lot of the refugees who came here, they they just said, "Oh, we'll just stay here for a few weeks, a few months, and yeah. the war will be over soon. We'll 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 go back." Yeah. And, uh, we actually had this in, in, in one of the one of the, the co-founders of, of Kotor, Karan. His twin brother lived in Ukraine. Oh, He's wow. a, uh, he married a Ukrainian uh, woman. They had two children. They lived in Kiev, and so for a long time wow. they actually stayed um, in 
uh, in Kiev, even though the war started. Um, mm. uh, they stayed there and because they said they didn't want to leave their, their neighbors. They had, of course, they had the possibility to just go back to Germany and um, because he is German um, mm. um, uh, without a problem. Uh, but um, they said, no, we want to stay with uh, with our friends, with our neighbors. And um, only in the last minute when, when the troops were almost in front of their house, uh, wow. they decided to, to, in the middle of the night, to have to pack up um, the kids and some friends and they 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 drove down i think they they drove down south um and then eventually after two three days of journey they made it to uh to 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 germany and even them in the beginning and this was end of march i think if I remember correctly even they they were saying um oh it's just a few weeks and you know we'll we'll stay here don't worry we won't bother you for long we'll we'll go back soon and it was that that phase of um i don't know if it's denial or the phase of um, yeah, it's it was it was quite interesting to see, and, and uh, it's that that you know they did they didn't want to settle down and get, get you know get housing or get mm. work permits and these kind of things. And after a few months, um, they they them and also many many others realized um, this might might be a uh, you know a, a war that goes on for a while. And even if it stops, uh, we don't know what's what's expecting us when we go back. And mm. and so a lot of um, the refugees now decided to 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 stay here and, and 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 you know work and start a new life here wow so the people you're meeting like are you serving them through codor like is it the same situation like with the syrian refugees like how is it working are they going through red cross are you doing it directly with them like what's the situation there yeah, we um, we decided very quickly what is it that we can do because uh, as as if I've told you last time, our vision is to to make sure everyone gets the same chances and for everyone to have the same chances, you need to level the grounds and uh, and and mm -hmm. someone who's, who's new here who doesn't who doesn't understand language who's new to yeah. the culture. Um, they need they need support to to make sure that you know that um, they know where to go and what the right um, um, yeah pathways are. So obviously on the one side we still continue working with the organizations and the Red Cross and these organizations that come to us and they say, look, we have a bunch of um, people here that they are interested and so on. But uh, we decided that was not enough. We wanted to um, to advertise directly on our website and say, okay, if you are an individual and you might not be part of um, any other organization, or you just you know you 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 you're looking for help, um, just let us know. And, and and so we have got we had a lot of people messaging us and emailing us and um, and and really reacting to our call and and sending us their CVs and saying, look, I'm I'm new here, I don't know where to go. Mm. Um, can can you help me? Is any way you can mm. find an internship for me or a job or anything and it, it was it's quite amazing and as i said uh, I, I would say over 90 percent are female wow and it's amazing to see how many of them actually have experience in in technology or in, in software development and these kind of things already or just interested in it and then so it was it was quite nice to see in the last few months how how we were able to to support some of them to to find a find a job here in germany Wow. So when they click on that banner that I saw, what what happens? What's like the process that goes on and like where does it lead them to like eventually? So yeah, it, I mean it, it it takes them to of course a contact form with us and then they can have the choice the chance to um to add information about themselves to um, to attach um, CVs and these kind of things and in the end we have a team in the background that then goes around and filters them through and looks okay who is important who could be matched with what company on the other side of course we have um we've we've spoken to our partner companies and we went to them and said look this is what's happening we have refugees coming here 
mm. um, let's let's basically let's restart what we um, uh, what we did five six years ago. What we started, wow. uh, which which kind of like uh, you know not died down, but went a bit. Uh, um, um, so, so the, the full power of of all these organizations five six years ago, mm. um, a lot of them have uh, you know have um, um, have, have uh, mellowed down a little bit, and and we realized that within a few weeks, all of those organizations, all of those companies who who uh, a few years ago were interested in supporting, and of course new ones um, immediately um, rose up again and said, okay, we're ready, let's do something, and um, it was quite interesting to see there's um, there's there's alliances that 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 were suddenly created um, of organizations, as I, as I mentioned, organizations that um, for many years really, you know, um, uh, mellowed down and and now are back up at full at full force and that we're here to help and we're ready to support it. So it's quite quite amazing to see the um, the joint ventures that started from that. That must have been like so much fun actually reconnecting with those groups, being like, "Yo, crisis happening again. Let's get it together." Like that must have yeah. been like so actually yeah. nice to to do yeah, that. Yeah, it, it felt like an old class uh, reunion or something like that. You know, when you uh, when you're like, oh yeah, do you remember six years ago, seven years ago, when when we started doing, I don't know, and then all these different organizations. One of them I don't know, is, is, is supporting uh, children, and one of them is supporting uh, psychotherapy uh, and these kind of things. So they're all of them. They're coming back together. So okay, you know, we did the seven years ago. We did that. Mm. Maybe does this does this still fit today? Or, or do we need a different approach? What can we do? Um, you know, lots of calls started every every week. We got together and decided, okay, what can we? Uh, you know, what what is necessary now? What what can we keep from what we did seven years ago? Um, or what uh, what new things do we need to bring in? And so it's quite um, yeah, it's quite quite extraordinary. I love it. You guys can like have a second chance of, of like a do over. Like if you were like, if we were to do this again, like what would we do differently? That must have been like quite nice to have uh, a second chance. But at the same time, I think it's, it's sad because that's what unites you guys. That's mm -hmm. like what ends up bringing you guys together is like this crisis. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, I think it's, it's so lovely to see that like there was already networks like the foundation was already built there so that when another crisis were to come like you guys were already ready like i think before the syrian refugees at least for yourself right like you weren't even doing in this line of work maybe the other people they were but like i think with every crisis it brings more and more alliance and more and more people like coming together Oh yeah, totally. Um, most of these organizations didn't exist before 2015. So, uh, oh, wow. you know, back then, yeah. And I mean, obviously the, the big ones, Red Cross and, the, and them as well, but most of the organizations we work with now, they actually mm -hmm. started in 2015, just like us. And so, wow. um, Back then, we were also a lot of a lot of the organizations were um, also concerned or um, occupied with creating the organization, the structures, and all that. So that took a lot of time until yeah. things really started going. And and at the same time, we had German bureaucracy also um, really making it difficult for us. Um, so this time, uh, the, the it was like a jump start. It was just so quick. We were able to um, to get in straight away. Uh, at the same time, I must say that the challenges are. That um, the refugees from from those countries, uh, you know, the, the, those, uh, for example, Syrians or Afghani refugees, they're looking at it now and they say, "Where was all this? You know, seven yeah. years ago, 
you know, and it's 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 oh. yeah, we also have to, of course, it's it, it's it's heartbreaking to see um, to oh. see them. It's like we waited two three years in a refugee home to mm. to get a work permit, even though we wanted to work and we had the qualifications, and and now. Mm. I mean, it's nice, but now Germany finally learned uh, yeah. to do it right away and and not uh, not to wait and and and, and so on. So it's uh, wow. it, it has all those challenges, I must say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what are the unique challenges of this round than others? Like, because I'm like imagining you did mention the language. Like, they're they speak Ukrainian or they speak like Russian. A lot of the Ukrainians I know they speak Russian, but. How are they communicating with you guys? Is it through English or are they learning German now? What's going on with that? Like, yeah, yeah, they're, they, they're learning German. A lot of them are learning, learning German, especially the children in school, which will go, goes quite, quite fast, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of the, um, uh, the refugees, they have to learn German. They communicate, um, of course, with first with uh, English. Um, um, and but the good thing is that we have quite a large Ukrainian and Russian community in Germany already. So oh. there's a lot of help coming from from them and coming as translators and these oh, kind nice. of things, which uh, which is nice to see that everyone is pulling together. But yeah. That is definitely, of course, um, a challenge. And often, as I mentioned, often it is uh, single mothers and their, their children coming to Germany, um, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's 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 difficult to start a, a whole new life. And you know, if you if you're alone, um, mm-hmm. uh, your husband might be uh, somewhere in uh, on the, fr- the front fighting, and you have no idea what's happening uh, with them. And then, uh, of course, to worry about things like work and, and and these kind of things, it's 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 quite challenging. So there's a lot of um, a lot of psychological um, uh, things as well happening. Um, uh, whereas um, maybe seven years ago it was different. There was also a war happening, and um, it, but it was it was a different thing. It was it was uh, the whole family trying to to get here. Whereas here mm-hmm. is only part, and there's still some part of them still back in Ukraine. And I think mm-hmm. that's it's a different different kind of challenge. Wow. Would you go into sharing some of the stories or things that like at least you? are directly like related with like what are the situations because there's there's not a lot of ukrainians there are some ukrainians around me and they've shared like what's happening back home and things like that and their attitudes so i kind of know the air but i don't know like specific like stories or like what is what is it like like you know like bring to the audience I don't think it's going to be like good stories. I mean, it's not going to be like joyful stories. I can't imagine that they would be, but just give us a flavor of like, what, what are the types of things that people have to go through that? Like, you know, you know, a war is bad, you know, when people have to move is bad, but like, it's almost like sometimes some stories really kind of contextualize it and brings it home to be like, Oh, it's that Mm. bad. You know, like, Mm. I think each of us, we have a different, threshold of what that story would be but like what was like something that like moved you or like you were like wow these women are here alone and they're doing their thing and yeah like what was it that I mean, one of the one of the first uh, accounts we had with the with the um, refugees or with with the Ukrainians was was obviously the uh, was Ario, the co-founder of um, uh, of of, of Kara, uh, sorry, the brother of of our co-founder, and um, the things that he was sharing, especially because his wife has Ukrainian and Russian background, and it was mm. it was quite extraordinary to hear um, her um, talking about her side from the Ukrainian side, uh, her family uh, uh, sharing about the war 
and and on the other side her russian part of the family sharing mm. um, of the war and, and it was of course it was it was it was two completely different stories and that was interesting how wow. um, she was she was telling us she them were they, they were sitting in in kiev in their basement and it was you know the, about um, i think 20 people in there um, adults and children for weeks they were just sitting there and no one was daring to go out and, and and the bombs were flying and so on and um and they were talking to um to their russian families and and then they were telling them uh, a completely different story and they said oh no this is not happening and um this is all propaganda and so on and so they oh. said not only we have to fight the fact that um there is a war happening we actually have to um uh, wow. basically prove other people that it's actually happening um wow. and, and, and so that was you said that was just heartbreaking to uh, to go through and at the same time and i think that's what we hear with lots of lots of uh, these women is how they dealt with their children and i think that's um, mm. um that's something that I don't, i don't know if you know that movie that came out i don't know 20 years ago or something which was called a beautiful life it was about a holocaust mm. um, uh you know but uh, it was roberto Benigni, the uh, actor and he in that movie he's um he's making the whole um concentration camp experience for his son um almost like a game uh, uh just because he said that's the only way to get uh to get through, through it. Uh, for it and um and and that's what we hear from lots of lots of these these women they say you know that's the only way for for our children to yeah to get through it is by by um by telling them you know this is a game and now it's an exercise i mean you all need to go downstairs in the, in the bunker and, and so on and it's it's just heartbreaking to hear these stories and then uh yeah how how they have to leave their husbands behind and and and, and many don't don't want to fight you know there's you know they maybe they never they're not trained to fight mm. um but they have to be, uh, stay back and it's it's uh, it's it's it must be heartbreaking for for those family that, that that's those are the stories we hear and then they you know make make their journey here and then they, as i mentioned earlier they they they're alone here they have no one else here um they have um they have no idea what's what's happening with their husbands uh, or their their brothers or their fathers um who have to stay obviously there's also some women staying uh, to fight but it's obligatory for the men to stay and that's um yeah i think that those kind of stories are heartbreaking because um and as you can see none of none of those want to have the war and i think that's that's mm. what's uh what's what's different we have a lot of i must say when we're talking about this we have a lot of russians as well coming here mm. a lot of russian refugees in the last few months um leaving their country they they don't want to stay in their country they're scared because they're opposing the, the government and um so we are we are starting to have um to have an influx there and, and, and i must say in that sense there's a lot of racism that comes with it as well um a lot of mm -hmm. russians are, are dealing with uh, even the russians are already here they're dealing with racist attacks mm -hmm. um they're being told it's, it's it's you it's your country and so on mm -hmm. even though they don't stand behind it and mm -hmm. uh, it's also heartbreaking to see yeah yeah the other day um one of my russian friends sent me a message and she was like Nahal, can you send me the Russian meditations for the from the bicentenary meditation project? Like, can you send them to me? Because I know a lot of the Russians are suffering. And I was like, yes. Like, I sent it to her the whole playlist and all these things. And then I, I was like, I took the liberty. I'm like, this other people must be also suffering. So I went and I shared it in like 20 of my WeChat groups. And I was like, very. I was like, hey guys, if anyone needs it, just wanted to let you know that there's these free meditation, sleep meditations that 
like help you restore your nervous system. It equals to two to three hours of sleep, 20 minutes of practice. So it's like, use that. And in two of the groups, they started saying how, um, you know what? I actually think uh, the Ukrainians need it more. And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, we just don't have Ukrainian um, meditations right now. And I'm like, does anyone know of any Ukrainians who would be willing to translate? And so now we just recently got our meditations, actually Ukrainian meditations, like two days ago. And like, we haven't posted it yet, but that's going to be on our YouTube channel and things like that. And so I'm really happy and proud to have that, like it, it in Ukrainian, because one of the things that, at least with the Ukrainians that I know around here, the conversation that has been happening is that they, Ukrainians speak Russian. Most of them speak Russian. But because of the war, they don't want to speak Russian. And I'm like, I don't want to give them a meditation where I'm like, they have to be forced to like listen to a meditation in a language that they're not feeling too hot about right now. But then one of the um, Ukrainians was explaining to me that I'm like, it's not that similar that for everyone to like understand. And so that it's actually like necessary, like despite the whole animosity of the war situation, it's like it's actually needed to um, translate it in Ukrainian. So we're really happy to have that. Um, that's great. I think that's very, very important. We realize that the this urge for, for spirituality and the, the urge for understanding as well and trying to trying to make sense of it, you know, is I think is is is, is there. And we, we see a lot of um yeah, Ukrainians that um on the one side they say well, we lost everything. We lost our houses completely bombed we, we might have lost people family members and so on but um you know they, they they have this they have this urge to yeah to to find to find peace and to find um uh, maybe spirituality is, is the right word they are very spiritual people from my point of view and uh, and i think it would be i think it's quite quite nice uh, to hear that that you have um worked on these meditations for them because um yeah, I think I think they just like many other people really need it. So what are the type of conversations that are coming up like between people like about this whole situation? Like what is the discourse about? Like when do you see like Ukrainians like on the street? Like is it like visible to you? Like it was I think with the Syrian refugees, like you would see them, right? Like but the Ukrainians, do you have to like seek them out? Are they in where you are? Are they at the places where you hang out? Like what is who are they hanging out with? Who engages them? Like what are the type of things that they're going through? I don't know if you know, but if there's anything that you could share with that. Yeah, with the with the Syrian refugees, it was it was a bit different. Um, first of all, looks wise, you can mostly yeah. tell. Uh, uh, you know, when there's a group of, uh, of of young young people who who look different to Germans or to German, um, um, uh, uh, yeah, German, um, originally Germans and so on. So it was it was quite a difference with someone from the Ukraine. They they I mean they could be uh, blonde and blue eyes and they mm. they could completely blend in. So it's not uh, so if there's mm. a group of Ukrainians walking around, um, it's they don't stand out as much as mm. maybe uh, twenty refi refugees from from Syria or something like that. That being said, of course, 
Um, there are a lot of um, other migrants in Germany. We have a large Turkish population and so on. So mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily mean that if you saw a group of um, yeah. uh, uh, foreign-looking people that are refugees. But um, so that that but at least that factor um, is not there anymore. And that and as mm-hmm. as I mentioned in the beginning, that also causes a lot of um, racism because a lot of people are saying, well, now because they do look like Germans, they have all these you know advantages and mm-hmm. they're allowed to work and you know get a permanent visa straight away and because we don't look like them we are maybe black or we are uh you know um uh, syrian or so on we didn't have those uh chance and that, that's a valid question to ask um mm. i don't know if it if if we really learned something from the last uh, time or if mm. if it is because of that um because they look um as close as possible but it was it's quite it was quite interesting to see uh because you're asking about the discourse um it was interesting to see how germans spoke about this refugee crisis uh, mm. or this is influx of refugees than they spoke about seven eight years ago about the refugees it's very interesting to see that there is more of an understanding more of a yeah we uh we can feel uh you know we can feel um some some somewhat of a of a connection to those people we you know and i don't know if it's because they look more like germans or it's because of geographically that it's much much closer there's mm. only one country between us um yeah whereas african countries or or, um, or middle eastern countries it's quite far away mm. um I don't know if it's because one country is invading the other country and it's not just a fight within the country. I don't know. Mm. There could be many, many factors, but a lot of Germans are getting into that um, thing. They have much more um, compassion or much more um, empathy towards Ukrainian refugees, which is quite interesting. As I said, I'm always, because I try to see the good in things, I'm hoping it's because we've learned from it and we uh, we mm. we have grown. Um, but it could be also um, a racial thing, which is which is something we really have mm. to ask ourselves, is, is, is that the reason? Um, so that's definitely something that, that is happening in, in society. Um, so, um, and then you ask, where, where do we... Where do we find them there? I mean, because they are n- not like the um, like when we had the Syrian and the Afghani refugees, they were all put in one place in one big refugee camp where thousands oh. of refugees were, were put together. This is different now. They um, they immediately uh, are given flats. They immediately given the possibility to work. Um, they they try wow. to uh, so th- that's why they they're not um, these kind of. Um, uh, big camps. There are still some refugee homes, of course, for those who uh, who need the support, um, but it's not so concentrated on one place anymore. Uh, which I think is great because it's you know it's a it's a much faster integration than when you have to stay for years in this refugee camp with thousands of other people, um, uh, which I think is 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 um, it's much more difficult to integrate. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's a reality right now. So you were saying these women, when they come, like their degrees and things, they're accepted, like they can immediately just find jobs and like they, they just need a work permit. Like they don't need any like translation of like, like educational things. So like they're basically finding jobs in all areas of their own field, right? Are they like forced to like find, do work in a, in a field that they don't have a permit in or is it, are there like availabilities for what they want? 
I mean, it depends on what they've worked in before. So some jobs do need German qualifications. Um, like a doctor, if they like, were... Like a doctor, for example, those things. But that's for every country. That's just the Ukrainian. That's mm -hmm. every country. If you come from, I don't know, England or France or whatever, you can't just suddenly start working as a doctor here. Um, so like those law. things, they apply, they apply the same for, for Ukrainians. But mm -hmm. um, all the other jobs that are open for anyone, yeah, they can just work straight away. They have a work permit. Um, they have a visa straight away they can they can they can um go go about it uh, without having to go through lots of bureaucracy um uh, and, and translations and these kind of things yeah wow so what can like the mothers do like on the yam podcast like they they're they're all mothers and they're like they hear this whole situation like i remember where was it It was, I think it was in Poland. I saw a photo when the Syrian refugees or, or when that crisis was happening, there was like a whole bunch of, or maybe I'm not getting the right country, right? Maybe this was the Ukrainian thing. Like time-wise, I'm a little disjointed, but some group of mothers in, in the receiving country left a whole bunch of like strollers and diapers and all these things like on the train track for like the mothers to to come and you know i would like to think that like the yam podcast eventually will be like an army of mothers like just ready to like employ their their mama bearness for any injustice that kind of incurs and especially for the protection of other women and so it's like is there something that we can do like in support of this is there anything that like um yeah that you guys need assistance with that people would actually um, you're like, this is, this would be the best thing to, for us to do, or like, this would be the best way to contribute if you are far away and you, you want to help in some way. Cause I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm privileged to have this conversation to kind of get an insight into what is actually happening there. And I'm sure so many people have actually other questions that they're like, no, why aren't you asking this? And I'm sorry in advance, like, please come on to the blog and like leave the questions in the comments and maybe Farid will be able to answer them. But um, like, what can what can people who are outside who are looking at the situation and they have their own thoughts and their own opinions like we all know that like war sucks and it's stupid but then just like that situation of your co-founders like br twin brother's wife like she was mixed herself like i would imagine like literally your entire identity is is split between mm -hmm. these two worlds and literally you have family in russia you have family in kiev like in in ukraine and like that that would be so i would imagine that just it would combust a human being like with their identity just being completely shattered or needing to rethink how to do it i just asked like 90 questions but like <laughs> any of them any any thoughts with any of these things like i think yeah we would love to yeah. be able to support Yeah, I think I think you mentioned something quite interesting, and as 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 you as you as you said that many of them and uh, women and men, but uh, the, they they're basically they're now forced to fight their own brothers and sisters, literally, and and I wow. think that's something that, um, as you say, I think that 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 must be. Uh, 
heartbreaking for for any of them and we've, we've heard these stories from many of these i say you know my as you said my my family lives on the other side and uh we're now um this this part of ukraine is now russian um uh because the they invaded it and it's uh, they took over and now they have to fight us you know and they probably my family members they maybe they're my cousins or uncles and now they have to wow. fight us and it's um I think for anyone to understand that is, I don't know, it's, it must be, must be, uh, yeah, not possible. So I think um, something that they that they're all looking for is, is 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 maybe it's not maybe not answers, but it's it's uh, it's it's just support, um, uh, support in, in 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 talking about these things and about you know um, uh, making making the best out of this situation and trying to see the good in the world. And that's something that we see a lot with these young women. And they will come here and they say, where is this world going to be in 10, 20 years? You know, they've just um, had, had children. They, uh, they, mm. they, they're trying to make a, a better world for their children. And they had to flee from their own country because they, half their country is bombed. And um, mm. so, so for them to, um, to really make, yeah, um, make something out of this and have hope in this world, I think that's, that's something what we can do is from our organizations, we give them um, the possibility to find a job. You know, that's something that we, we, we support with or we connect them with other organizations that 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 know someone that I don't know has maybe housing and these kind of things. But I think emotional support is something that cannot be given enough to these people because of what they have to go through. It's it's. Um, it's i just had to think about it one one story it's it, it connects with that and it's quite interesting we had uh, one of our friends he's afghani um and he fled uh from the war um in afghanistan uh many years ago and he ended up in ukraine and mm -hmm. uh he was taken over <laughs> taken in by a, i think you know where this goes to, but he was taken in by um, a family there and they became like his second parents um, and about six months ago, uh, he was sharing the story how now they had to flee um, their country because their, you know, their houses were bombed and everything. Wow. And they ended up in Germany and he was able to take them in. He's got now a family, he's got children and everything, he's got a house and he, he took them in. Um, and oh, and it, it was, so it was yeah, it was it's beautiful. So tragic at the same time. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But I think what what showed what that showed me it could happen anywhere. You know, it's Ooh. you know I, I don't think those those two um, thought when when they took in um, uh, my friend that it will happen to them and and it, it took it happened to them. But you know the circle is 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 closing or it's continuing. And as wow. sad as it is, I think um, what we the only thing we can do in these kind of situations, from my point of view, is to to give these people hope and to give these people like the the possibility that there is you know there is an end to it and there might be, you know, um, uh, hopefully one day we we can live in a country or in a world where there's not where these things don't happen and then yeah it's uh, I think that's something that uh, I'm sure every mother or every women in the world um can 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 support with um to 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 help these women to give hope um i'm tempted to ask you like how can we do mm -hmm. that exactly but there was something i wanted to share with um what you were sharing about like you know um maybe these ukrainians are looking at like the people who are attacking them and they're like oh they're my brother and sister and things like that it makes me think of you know the bhagavad gita which is a um, sacred text in hinduism literally it is um the story of 
two warring family tribes and Arjuna, which is like the famous archer, he's looking at across the battlefield and he's looking at uh, his enemies, which are all his cousins and his uncles that raised him. And he literally has stories to say about each one. This is the person that did this to me or like uh, when we were a child, like this is what they did. And he's sitting there and the whole book is basically of his conversation with Krishna, which is his chariot, kind of cheering him on about talking about all of the struggle, inner struggles that the great warrior is going through. And the whole book is actually a symbol of the inner turmoil and inner struggles that we are going through. And I remember when this war was like happening, I was like thinking, I'm like, I like, there's really something I wanted to do. And I'm like, what the hell can I do? What the hell am I going to do? And I was like thinking, like, I was trying to get really philosophical about this being like, what does this mean? What does this mean when there's a war happening? Like everything that happens in the outside world is a reflection of the inside world. So what does a war reflect in the inside world? It's like literally organs and cells attacking and fighting each other within Mm -hmm. the inner body, within the inner psyche, there is conflict that cannot be reconciled. I'm like, that's like, that's what it is. And I was like thinking, all right. And and I wasn't thinking about other people and like who I'm going to help. I was like literally thinking, Nahal, if this is happening in your world, in your earth, even though it's not in your country, it's not in your vicinity, it's not in your place. What is the war that is going on inside of you? What is the places in your within yourself that you are fighting with? And they're fighting each other because everything that's in the macrocosm is in the microcosm. And I'm like, even though this is a country far away, they don't even look like me. They speak a completely different language. It's like you you can argue it's so far away that it's like, no, it's not relevant to you. Like, stop making this all about you sort of situation. But I know how energy works and I know how people are connected with one another. And it, I was thinking to myself, even though I'm living in a peaceful world, I can heal a part of flicker of a situation of the situation by rectifying or reconciling the war that is happening within me. And I actually made a YouTube video about this. And I was like, I got really, I got really like vulnerable because I was like thinking about what is it? What is the part of me that is like fighting? And actually the, the quality of narcissism came out, which is seeing something and having lack of empathy, like not being able to empathize with. And I was like thinking, where in my life, who, who is it in my life that I don't have empathy towards? And literally, it's just one person. It's just one person. And it's quite fitting for the topic of the Yam podcast, because it was my mother. Mm. And it was because she, I thought she was my mother. She needs to take care of me. And any of her pain doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter when it's in relation to me. Like, if both of us were to have pain, my pain's better. My pain is greater. She is the mother. She needs to bow to, like, that mother role and take care of me. And I was like, I would never, never say, do, or do anything with the things that I would do and say with my mother. Like, you know, and this aspect, I'm like, where the hell did I get this thinking or this thought from that it is okay 
to treat my mother like that. And it was really this like sense. I'm like, where does this narcissism come out? And I'm like, I literally couldn't think of any other relationship where I'm like, I'm a therapist too. I have to take care of so many people's feelings and so many people's emotions and all of these things. I'm like, one person needs to be like, like, you know, care for me. And when it comes to my mom, I'm like, like heartless because I will like literally tell her, I'm like, no, this is my time. I'm like, this is where you listen to me talk because I literally have no one else to talk to. But I will be like completely negligent in the way that I would never be this negligent to someone else's emotions. And I was like, Nahal, you think you're you're helping all these people, but that's that narcissism, that aspect where you don't show any empathy to people, it still exists. And you claim because she is your mother, because she is these things that she needs to do that. But I'm like, it is not okay to feel, if you have like even a flicker of that, that's like something that can grow like weeds within yourself and your psyche. Like even if you have that towards one person in your life, it means it's still there. It means it can still like grow and flicker. Like whoever I'm gonna in the future think like, oh, my husband needs to take care of me because I'm taking care of his children. You know, like, I mean, this is like future potential problems and stuff like that. And I was like thinking, I'm like, wow, I like really need to reconcile that aspect of myself where I literally have no, I lack compassion towards my own mother. Like that's what it like narrowed down to. It was like this whole world is going through this chaotic thing. Look inside what's going on inside of you. Where is this aspect where you think you can attack the other with no um, righteousness or no justice? Like where is that thought and that kind of like poison? And I was like, that's like literally what I needed to work on. And as soon as I recognized it it was literally as soon as i recognized it it was like i was able to see it be accountable for it and then you know take actions afterwards to like deal with it but like this was like something and i was like talking about this in the youtube video and i was like just describing my process hoping that my personal reflections was going to help someone else reflect on their own life and their own thinking to be like where is it um where is it within them that this whole world is reflecting this thing of war what is actually happening within them that they need to reconcile because oftentimes we think that it's something that we need to like do with someone else just like how i asked you i'm like what can the mothers do you know like and all these things but now i'm like after sharing the story i'm like wait wait a minute now hold on we know that we're all about like actually like dealing with the inside world. So it's like this hope also that you were speaking about, like, I don't even know if the mothers who are having children between the ages of zero and five, I would not say (laughs) that these women have hope. And that's like, you're asking quite a lot, actually, (laughs) by just asking for the women to just be hopeful. That Mm -hmm. seems like impossible. But at the same time, it's funny how you just asked for it but it's actually, it seems like the impossible for the women who are listening to this right now. I would imagine that that would, that would be like the last thing that they would, that they would be able to muster. But it's like, you just basically asked the most impossible thing for, for us to do. 
Yeah, I, I I completely agree. That's why I I don't think it's it's a it's a one thing. You know, send a stroller or something like this because I think those things um, they 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 might, they might help in this situation right away, of course, and so on. But I think in the long run, um, psychologically and 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 and, and not, I mean not just for women in Ukraine, you see it in with the uh, the women and men in in Iran, for example, at the, at the moment. You see it everywhere where there's turmoil happening. If you if you give them hope on the outside that you know the world is going to be a better place, um, that's what gives them strength, and they, that's what gives them that that strength to continue. Um, but if they see that you know the world around them, not just in Ukraine, but also around them everywhere else is is going down, I mean, what what else is left? So I think yeah, as as you say, it's, it's probably one of the most difficult things to ask for. But if everyone can can really look at themselves and see what what can I do to to create hope? And uh, you you did it earlier. You said you uh, you created this meditation in different languages, and that gives hope. And I think uh, the more we we really think about what is it that I can contribute um, towards our society, towards um, creating hope around us and around uh, everywhere we live, I think that's that's what's really going to change um, something. Yeah, there's twice that you said something that it's made me think of like the emotional support. Well, I'm like, I'm no, you're like a therapist. Like this is like your thing. Like emotional support is your gem. I'm like, is there something that I can do like emotionally to support these people? I mean, we we're always looking for people, and we realize um, that uh, one of the um, women needs emotional support. We're always looking um, for for people to support. Yeah. So so if you ask me directly, um, um, I can I'm happy to uh, to share that with uh, the with our with our um, um, coaches and our training uh, training uh, partners and so on. And, and then that's definitely something that that's uh, that's uh, that, that could be um, helpful. Um, but as I mentioned, I think. Um, um, if you really want to help on a bigger scale, things like your meditation work, I think that's that's what's really going to help in the in, in the long run. Mm. The thing with like like with war, you know, this is like maybe I'm just like not feeling confident in my healing abilities because like I actually had several people who have been affected by war in different in other countries approach me. And I was just so not emotionally ready because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to come with me with. And I'm like, I don't usually have fear with people's emotions. Like I'm always like, like I'm quite brave when it comes to that. But like a war, I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know what, what that means. And I mm -hmm. think I'm like, maybe like overthinking this and like I'm it's literally just the thought or the word of war that like frightens me but like if I think about like what would a woman with these children like kind of deal with it's like anxiety like I know how to deal with anxiety like it's depression I know how to deal with depression like it's it's um hope I'm like I'm the energizer bunny I'm like that's totally my thing like just like shine like rainbows and sunshines on people is like my jam but I'm like, is that what they need? Like, but when I think of war, I'm like, oh, this is like an entirely different category that I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Because like, I feel like somebody should be trained specifically in the trauma of war to be able to assist. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's a different story. Yeah, that, when we're really talking about traumas, um, I think that's definitely something that, that professionals um, are taking care of. But what I meant with um, with 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 hope is, um, or with, the, with what what you or others um, like you can do is is to to show them that the the world is listening the world is 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 hearing them the world is um is is behind them it's supporting them and i think that's what what we realize that every time we're talking to them and they um i don't know they receive some benefits they receive a, a, a possibility to find a job or an interview or so on they they're so thankful because they feel mm-hmm. like um they're not left alone because that's what they felt like the few months before that when they were in in ukraine and the mm-hmm. the war was happening and and in the first few weeks and months, nobody was coming. Um, and it took quite some time until mm. Germany and the other countries decided to to send weapons and so on and support. And um, and even even to, to this day, I mean, there's a lot of politi- political questions. How much are they supporting? Are they just def- supporting to defend and so on and so on? And I think that fa- that that fact of hey, we are here to help and we are listening and we are we're supporting you. Uh, whatever you need, we're here. I think that's something that they really that they really need here. Yeah. Mm. Well, hopefully this conversation is like a little bit hopeful for people that they can Google and be like, all right, this is like a hope story for the country. Like this is what people are doing. It's a little peek into the window of like what people have done or what they're doing and like how they can assist and yeah, kind of like just be informed about the whole situation. Yeah. Well, I do want to let everyone know, please go. If you know of someone who needs assistance and support, like with jobs and they do coding or they don't do coding, go on to Farid Vidardel's website. It will be linked in the podcast below. Um, and I'm sure his team is going to know what to do when you submit yes. it. Yeah, yeah, please let us know if you if you yourself maybe have some experience in, in coding or these kind of things or in the tech world and you want to support as a mentor. These are all things, of course, uh, we're always looking for for support. Wow. Like if someone else like wants to like, we, I actually know a couple of techies here. Like if that. Yeah. <laughs> if if somebody a- is interested in mentoring um, and, and just take someone under the wings and then support. Uh, yeah, definitely. We're always looking for for support. And what would they have? Uh, who would they have to contact? Is it like go on the same website and just yeah, just go on our website, just uh, fill out there's a there's a form for tutors or mentors, and they can just uh, fill out the form and say, hey, I'm available and I'd love to support. Wow. Okay. I got a lot of people to like send that to. It'd be like, yo, guys. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming again onto the podcast. Like, we love it that you're here. We love it that you came again. We love it that you're doing this work. Thank you for doing this work. It's really, it's really inspiring. When I was listening to your first podcast, like the replay for each of the podcasts, I have to listen to them several times to check (laughs) the editing and all these things. But with yours, like, I really, I really enjoyed it. Like, every time I listened to it again, it was like, I was filled with so much inspiration. Like, I don't think it registered to me when I was having the conversation with you, how amazing it was. It was only afterwards that I was like, wow, that was a really great conversation. And I personally like really like learned a lot from it. Cause I don't know if it's because it's like, we're both doing like entrepreneurial work. And I was like, just 
fascinated with hearing one other person's. But the thing that really stuck out to me then was don't create um, problems where they don't exist. Like, you know, don't create solutions for problems that don't exist. And that was like something that really like stuck to my mind. And I'm sure that's kind of like relevant with this, with this whole podcast as well of like, think of what the actual solutions are that needed, especially, I love the fact that we talked about the differences with the Syrians and like Ukrainians. Not that, I think that, not that we should compare really, but since we have this backdrop of a context to kind of like compare it to, I've, I've thought that that was really helpful to kind of see like, wow, the situation is different. Like what are the situations that are here? And yeah, that, that provided like a lot of context for people to just like see it in their head, like how much more work we have to do in various areas of life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for, for being an amplifier for, for our work. And I think, um, um, as sad as it is, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a next war, next refugee, um, influx, um, somewhere in the world and maybe not in Europe, but somewhere else you never know. And I think, um, the most important thing is that we, we learn from, from uh from our previous work uh, and uh, and and as I, as i mentioned in the beginning it's it's beautiful to see all these organizations that they they haven't unlearned it and they they, they immediately they were there um and i hope that um of course um, my, my biggest hope is that there is not going to be any of those situations yeah. again if there is a situation like this that that we have learned even more and that we even faster to react and even even have, have even more people to come together and i think that's something that um that i've i've taken from this uh, it's beautiful to see how how, how everyone is just there and, and then supporting together Definitely. I think like we should definitely not be speaking war into existence. Like let's talk more about peace. Like there was this rally or something that was like talked about where they're like, it was an anti-war rally that people were going to. And they were like, no, we were not going to go to that because it's, it's like against something, even mm-hmm. though you think it's like war and it's, it's against war, yeah. but still it's against something rather than just say, no, we want peace which is the word so i think we really need to also be mindful of our language like this was something that let's not amplify the word the the dirty word the (laughs) w-a-r word you know and like let's like say the peace word more and like keep that dirty word out like i hope that's a profanity one day that people will be like hey war and be like oh my god no (laughs) (laughs) yeah really that needs to happen uh we can't even speak that into existence like no that'd be awesome that'd be awesome (laughs) with that um we will end here and i hope you guys uh found that like helpful and insightful and know what to do now know how to contribute spread the hope spread the love and yeah be be an amplifier for the people who are doing things that are actually of assistance and like inform. I would say just inform other people because that's like actually something fruitful to do and just be like, maybe you don't know any Ukrainians, but at least on your website or something, if there's something that you heard, you can be like, Hey, I don't know who's out there, but if, if, if anyone's affected by this, there's this resource and you don't know who, who or whose family or friends could be affected by it. So 
yeah, just share or share on your social media is like this wonderful sort of event. Cause I think like job finding jobs is, is going to be definitely like a very fruitful and conducive things for all of us to like help and contribute to. All right. With that, we will end here. Bye guys. Hi everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Um, there were so many inspiring stories in there. If there's anything that, um, you guys need in terms of like websites and links of where to go on Friday B. Dardell's website. It will all be in the Yam blog. And so please go ahead on there if you know of anyone who is looking for jobs in Germany or just looking for jobs in general. Maybe um, actually Farid's company would be able to assist in some way. So definitely go and drop a line um, on his website to see um, how maybe you can be of an assistance or um, receive some assistance. So hope you guys enjoyed this. All the links will be in the blog and I will see you in the next episode. Bye guys.